Amy, uh, just uh, before we get to Steve Moore, one more comment about uh, that pharmaceutical giant Takeda uh, pulling out of Deerfield and moving a thousand jobs from Illinois to Boston. The uh, state senator from up that way, uh, she tried to blame this on Rauner, right? The Takeda got here in 2008. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, Julie Morrison is her name, and she. You've spoken about her before. Uh, yes, and uh, and it wasn't in glowing terms. No. And um, so let me repeat those uh, less than glowing terms. She is a stone ass idiot. Wow. And uh, for people in Deerfield and the North Shore watching Takeda take a thousand jobs and probably a thousand of your friends and neighbors out of here to Boston, um, take stock of your local elected officials. She is a moron, Julie Morrison. And you actually have a chance to do something different up there. You've had a chance before with previous candidates, you know, like a, a pediatrician, Navy uh, helicopter pilot, Nari Friedman. But he, he he didn't cut the muster for the all the geniuses and uh, professionals up in Deerfield in that area. Well, you've got another chance this cycle. There's a Senate candidate, an actual job creator and business person and professional who whose temper whose uh, IQ I can assure you is above room temperature which makes it double Julie Morrison's at minimum his name's Barrett Davy so why don't you those listening up there watching Takeda pack up uh, all their stuff in bankers boxes why don't you go knock on your neighbor's door and shake some sense into them okay had to get that out of my system. Uh, good news nationally, if not locally, the good news nationally comes from the Census Bureau, yes. which uh, tells us that uh, crossing the $61,000 per year mark signals the uh, American middle class are finally earning more than it did in 1999 in terms of, uh, in real dollars, stagnant household incomes. We're seeing middle class incomes rise and uh, importantly little evidence of rising income inequality Gini coefficient so-called that measures such uh, is static so you know uh, who we have to thank for this it's not the rich getting richer and the poor getting poorer it's the middle income families getting richer and that's good news yeah top 61,000 for the first time ever we have President Obama to thank for this right I remember that from his speech uh, on Friday at U of I. Yeah, actually, shockingly, by the way, the Associated Press did a fact check of Obama's speech at U of I. Really? Yeah. And uh, it was actually accurate, meaning accurately critical of all of the spewage that uh, emanated from the orifice in the middle of Obama's head down in Champaign. The AP? The AP. I mean, will wonders never cease? Speaking of uh, wonderment, we're pleased to be joined by our friend Steve Moore, Wall Street Journal columnist, chief economist for CNN. Steve, thanks for joining us. Hi, guys. Good morning. I just caught the, t- caught the tail end of that discussion about that company that's moving. Did you say they're moving from uh, the Chicago area to Austin or Boston? Boston. A thousand jobs pulled out of Deerfield uh, and going to Boston. Boston, Massachusetts. Correct. Yep. 
that's pretty bad. <laughs> when you're losing jobs to Massachusetts, the alarm bells should probably be going off. Yeah, Massachusetts <laughs> looks good compared to Illinois yeah. right now, though. You're right. The alarm yeah, bells, the alarm bells should be going off. When you guys lose jobs to West Virginia and Kentucky, <laughs> and, and population. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no question. Uh, well, on the good news front, what about uh, rising yeah, so, income? You know, it, it's it's it is the story of of the year, if not the decade, because you know what happened. We used to talk to Trump about this all the time, Larry Kudlow and I, that the big problem with the American economy, and especially this vaunted recovery. Remember, Trump, you know, Obama kept saying, "I started this recovery." Well, for so much of America, there was no recovery. I mean, I used to go on the campaign trail. We go to Ohio, we go to Pennsylvania, we go to Illinois, we go to uh, you know these states in the in the Midwest, uh, the Iowa, Wisconsin. And I remember I, we would go to these small towns, and I'd ask people, how, how is the Obama recovery going for you? <laughs> and you know what people would say? What recovery? What recovery are you talking about? <laughs> because it, it really was, it was a recovery if you lived in uh, Wall Street or if you lived in Silicon Valley or if you lived in, of course, Washington, D.C. But for so many of these other areas, there was no real recovery at all. And so what, what was happening was that middle-class wages, and by the way, just so you don't think I'm being some kind of partisan here, the stagnation really started under Bush. And so you had uh, stagnant incomes under Bush, and then you had stagnant incomes under um, under Obama. And, the, and so it was almost 20 years, Dan and Amy, that the middle-class families had not seen a pay raise, an increase in their take-home pay. And now what we're seeing is some really nice gains. And my buddy uh, Kevin Hazard is the chief economist at the um, he's the chief economist for the president. He put out a report last week saying, "Look, if you take into account our tax cut and you take into account that people are getting more benefits and bonuses, and then you take into account the fact that the uh, the uh, uh, people are working more hours because you know, people are getting more overtime and so on." He found that the uh, average uh, income for families last uh, year went up uh, about four or five percent. That's like the biggest gain in in uh in in uh, two decades so so this is good news and i'm glad you're reporting it because nobody else seems to want to want to report this this uh finally the middle class is is uh seeing gain and i'll say one other thing the left keep kept disparaging the trump tax cut as something that was um for the rich you know they still say that to this day uh the illinois politicians say it all the time this was not about the rich. I like rich people. Donald Trump likes rich people. But this was about helping, creating a tighter labor market, providing more job opportunities for people in the middle class so they can climb the economic ladder. And, you know, you get a tighter labor market and you get, uh, you know, employees and workers with some bargaining power. And that's exactly what they have right now. Well, do you think that this trend is going to continue? I only laugh because, you know, when I'm on CNN, they say, yes, the news is, you know, we have to finally, they finally admitted on CNN the economy is booming for the first time. You know, they finally admitted that this week. But then, you know, when they say that, they say, but it can't continue. Well, look, I think it can continue. There's no reason we couldn't see this go on for another couple of years, which would be fantastic. Now, what is the biggest what do you think? Okay, here's your economics uh, quiz question today. What do you think today is the biggest constraint uh, on on growth uh, in keeping this three and a half, four percent growth path going? The fact that Jamie Dimon isn't the president of the United States. <laughs> I didn't hear you. What? The fact that Jamie Dimon isn't the president of the United States. 
Yes. Ding, 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 ding. No, it's the fact that there are just not enough workers out there. I mean, we're really seeing the, the worker shortage now really, um, you know, starting to have a negative effect on, on the growth rate because, you know, if businesses can't get the workers here they need, unfortunately, some of those factories may leave the United States and go to, you know, China or India where there are workers. So uh, we need to get all hands on deck. We need to do the, the um, you know, work for welfare reforms. We've got to get, you know, young people working <laughs> off their butts and working well, and all the these thing. things because that's the biggest problem right now. I talk to employers all over the country. I bet a lot of the employers listen to this show. Are, are feeling the same constraint. Where are the good workers that I can hire well, to do all this job? I just jobs? got, yeah, we went last month to Black Hills, South Dakota, and I cannot believe all of the resorts have all these HB1 visa people here that, yep. you know, and they house them and give them meals because they need workers. They need people to help out. It's amazing. It's a whole other different culture there. Well, one thing we need, Amy, it's a great point, and a lot of these industries that have shortages, they've been, you know, historically dependent on uh, agriculture, I mean, on uh, immigrant workers, Mm -hmm. and we need more immigrants right now. We need more immigrants who want to come into the country and work. I'm not for, I'm not for illegal immigration, and I'm certainly not for immigrants getting welfare, but I am in favor of letting people who are talented and skilled and motivated come to this country and, and uh, you know, experience the American dream and contribute to our society. We need that now. We really do because these businesses, you know, let, let, let's take the example in agriculture where, you know, mag- migrant workers have been working in the fields in the United States for the last 100 years. And you know, let's face it, we're not going to get American workers to do that kind of stuff. So why shouldn't we have more uh, of the uh, of the agriculture guest workers so that they can come in and, and uh, earn, a, earn a good living and, and then, uh, you know, go back to Mexico or Central America, where they come from. So that's another big problem. But it's a good problem to have. That's the point I want to make to you guys. It's a good, it's a, it's a really good thing when you have six million more jobs open than workers than when you have six million more workers than jobs. And it's a really good thing to uh, provide some concrete evidence that those crumbs that Nancy Pelosi talks about actually add up into real dollars. Uh, so a good little econ one hundred and one lesson for the kids out there. I wanted to get your take on uh, another matter, Steve. It's been uh... oh, but before you mentioned that. Oh, yeah, sure. can I just say one other yeah, quick thing sure. about a comment you made that you mentioned the the uh, the, the uh, Gini index, which you said has has uh, did it fall or did it um, yeah, stay level? Yeah, level. So that is a reversal. This is the irony of the Obama presidency. Every year, except for one of the eight years that Barack Obama was president, this 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 president was going to return economic fairness and, and reduce the gap between the rich and poor. Every single year that Barack Obama, except was president, except for one, the Gini index rose, which means income inequality got wider. Yeah, there's no question. Uh, you mentioned That's what before. happens when liberals come into office. And uh, it's it's happening. It's an, there's a an, a laboratory where people can watch these experiments play out in real time. It's called the state of California, the state of Illinois too. But let's talk about California because it's been a heck of a week out in California. Uh, let's see. We started the week announcing that fossil fuels will be banned there. Then we had uh, the imposition of or legislation moving through Sacramento to impose quotas on the gender composition of corporate boards. <laughs> now. Now, this, the California Supreme Court is changing the way independent contractors are classified such that uh, entrepreneurs, small business owners like barbershops would have to uh, treat you know, people who work a chair and have their own book of business in a barbershop, rent a chair or whatever. 
they yeah. would have to be full-time employees. One Sacramento barbershop owner said, I lost my entire staff. All seven barbers quit after that Supreme Court ruling that changes the way they work. So um, that you have those examples uh, for the socialists uh, like Kamala Harris, a presidential aspirant, yeah. to yeah. address while uh, other states and the country generally under Trump is moving in a different direction. So uh, I'm almost uh, afraid that we're having this discussion because uh, Sacramento may give Springfield, Illinois, some really bad ideas. No kidding. It seems like these ideas start in California and then they go to Springfield. Uh, but you're right. I mean, California has become Looney Tunes. Uh, these, by the way, do you know, um, don't, this, is a, this is a little secret, so please don't spread this don't out. But sure. I get my hair, I get my hair cut. <laughs> Yeah. The woman who lives next door, uh-huh. she doesn't have a license to cut hair. Oh, oh goodness. Now? There you go. Right. Tossing somebody she should probably way. go to jail, right? Yeah, she's going to have to be on the land <laughs> And I now. give her 10 bucks. <laughs> and she's not a professional. Uh, we see that. Uh, when you're on CNN, not, we see that she's not a professional. <laughs> but uh, the other thing you didn't, I don't think you mentioned them, that list of, of, uh, of crazy things that are going on on the left coast, is that they now have a, a, a measure that has passed the state uh, house that would require, by I think it's by the year 2030, 2035, 100% of all electricity generation from uh, in the state of California has to come from wind and solar power. Right. That, that, that is insanity. <laughs> that, is, that is crazy. Right now we get maybe 4 or 5% of our, nationally we get about 4 or 5% of our electric power from, from wind and solar. They want to go from, Five percent to hundred percent. Good luck with that. That is. It's a moonshot. They're going to have solar panel hats. Everyone's going to have their own hat. Like that's what I was thinking. They're going to look like Vistaviano. Yeah. A friend of mine is a uh, is a uh, is a fireman. Mm -hmm. I guess firefighter is the politically correct term. Yeah, please. And he was saying, you know, that one of the problems that that they are now facing is all of these um, homes have have solar panels on the roof, and oftentimes when you have bad fire, you have to go through the roof, and they can't do it because of the solar panels, so they're, they're making these you know, homes more dangerous. But can you imagine that? I mean, here we have an abundance of natural gas. We have an abundance of coal, more gas and coal than any other country in the world, and we're not going to use it. We're going to put solar panels on every house, and we're going to you know, use windmills, like a 19th-century technology to provide electricity. Steve. I mean, that's a very, very... It's, it's laughable, but it's dangerous. I mean, if you want to screw up a state or national economy screw up with their electric power system. Yeah, well, Steve, you know, Gray Davis style. Steve, uh, ask not what you can, uh, ask not what California can do for you. Ask what you can do for California. This is a moonshot, you know, going from five to one hundred percent wind power there. So, yeah. By the exciting. way, you mentioned Gray Davis, and and I was involved when uh, when Schwarzenegger, you know, when they did the recall of Gray Davis and Schwarzenegger being became governor because. He was so liberal. And you you look at Dr. Gray Davis today, he'd be a raging conservative. (laughs) He would. Yeah, it's frightening. Steve Moore, Wall Street Journal columnist, chief economist for CNN. Steve, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Have a great week. Bye. And he joined us on our turnkey.pro answer line. It's 